One of the toughest challenges faced by healthcare entities is vetting the risks posed by third-party vendors. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Aaron Meary, CIO of Dell Medical School and UT Health Austin. Aaron will discuss how his organization is tackling vendor risk management issues. So, Aaron, for starters, what are some of the top security risks that third-party vendors pose to your organization that you're most worried about? That's a great question, and it's one of the top items that keep me up at night, and that is the fact that healthcare is the nexus point for every other industry that our beautiful country and our world has within it. And to the degree of it, that takes information flow, that takes patient care, that takes caregivers, and that takes the actual patient data itself and interchanges amongst so many third parties across the entire landscape, not just within healthcare, but clearinghouses, manufacturing, and whatnot. So to the degree of it, making sure that you stay on top of where your patient data is going, who is accessing what, how those third parties are interfacing with you and to what degree are they interfacing out even more so in the world is of top importance. It's as if you're giving the keys to your car to your neighbor and then your neighbor gives those very same keys to their neighbor and so forth and so on. You have no way of really knowing what happens three or four steps down the line unless you have a centrally managed and easy way to track it. So, Aaron, with that said, what sorts of third-party vendors worry you the most when it comes to security and privacy risks and why? A couple of things. Number one, I would say the top vendor type across the healthcare continuum that is a top mind are the major manufacturers, the GE, Siemens of the world, due to the fact that they have tens of thousands of product lines and SKUs built from acquisition, uh, homegrown, partnering with others. And once those medical devices are in the wild, they tend to do a number of things from connecting to your hospital network to sharing data back to a central uh, location somewhere around the world. And, And they're in every type of locale. And this is not meant to disparage the large vendors, but even they have a difficult time of keeping track over what's going on where, particularly when there's not mandated standards yet for medical device manufacturers. So for every hospital CIO and healthcare CIO out there, As we partner with the larger vendors, it is a constant staying on top of, asking questions, understanding where the landscape is, and understanding where they are with mitigating risk on their devices that are suddenly entering into our ecosystem. So now, Aaron, I understand that your organization is one of about a dozen healthcare providers that recently worked with software vendor Sensinet in designing a new third-party risk management platform to help manage threats to patient care and the various risks that you're facing. Can you please describe briefly the work you did with Sensinet and how this platform is being used by your organization to vet vendors? So my work with Sensinet came as I'm one of the advisors to the product team and helped walk them through very real-world challenges that I was just walking you through previously about what we CIOs are dealing with with our constantly growing list of vendors and third parties and business associates. One of the top things that we stressed with this platform was it had to be easy and it had to be quick and it had to be action-oriented. There's no time in the day to be sifting through tons of alerts or fields or whatnot You needed a one-stop shop where the vendors could easily update their information. It's centrally managed. And amongst each other, as as healthcare organizations, we could see, okay, 
hey, I'm considering using XYZ product. Do you have it? Is it secure? What's the information? And we could quickly see from a laundry list of who the good actors were versus those who had opportunities to grow, and we could make buying decisions based upon it. The power of Sensinet at the end of the day is the network effect. Having more vendors, having more providers on it suddenly gets you a panacea view of what is actually going on in the landscape and where there's opportunities. The other thing we wanted was for a place for CIOs and healthcare vendors to be able to collaborate and say, hey, guess what? We really want this product, but it's just not up to snuff. You've got to do A, B, and C and give fair feedback to the vendor community to say, this is what we're looking for to raise the game. We don't want to just be pounding vendors on the head saying, get better, get better. There's got to be a constructive dialogue. And that's what Sensinet was designed to do, was to give you that one-stop shop. The number two thing, for other part of your question uh, about how we're using it, from my perspective, we have a numerous plethora and, uh, and platform of, of vendors that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis to deliver care, and it's ever-growing. Texas is uh, one of the largest states. I think some of us would say we're our own country. But to the degree of it, you can imagine the breadth and the scope and the number of patients and the types of patients that we're taking care of. In the community itself, we're looking at how do we enable folks to be able to use their personal devices to store their medical records via Apple HealthKit and others, and numerous other ways of, of using patient data in a very effective caregiving means. All of that is only possible by using platforms like Sensinet to be able to say, okay, what's our risk? What, is, what are we going to do if? How do we deal with this? What would be our response to this? And it's part of our federally mandated, and it's by law, that we have to make sure that we're staying on top of our business associates. So Sensinet gives you that central place to look at all of that, deal with, and manage and mitigate any risks. With that all said, how are you using this platform to assess the security and privacy risks that your vendors pose? How is it helping in your security and risk management processes and practices? And how far does it drill down? For instance, when you mentioned medical devices, does it give information about the most recent vulnerabilities that might have been found in a medical device and whether or not the vendor has issued some sort of patch or mitigation process to address those issues? How far down does it drill? So yes, the platform itself is designed to get all the way down to the minutia of what the vendor is willing to share. And as I said earlier, it also allows the community to be able to say on the vendor, hey, we want more information on X, Y, and Z and request it. So yes, to answer all of that, you can drill all the way down into those specific alerts and even request further information or highlight areas you want further clarification on to the, also the degree of it from your fir first part of the question, which is how are we assessing our security and looking at our privacy? We have to look at it on an on a annual, monthly, and continuous basis, but that's difficult. It's a manual process. However, by using the platform, you can now do continuous active monitoring. I no longer have to have a small army of people crawling through pages and crawling through documentation and say, hey, let's figure out you know, how the XYZ vendor is doing today. No, it's a one-stop shop, and it's continuous. So at any given day, I can do a spot check and say, Yep, my, my landscape looks good. Uh-oh, we've got an issue here. We've got to deal with and, and get on top of. And that allows me the ability as a CIO to rapidly course correct and really take my money and, and make sure that I'm betting on the right horse and not buying into a vendor that potentially has opportunity. So, Aaron, how does this platform fit into your overall vendor risk management program? What other steps are you taking to keep an eye on what your business associates are doing and whether they're doing what you expect them to be doing? Great question. So our overall program is an active, continuous monitoring program. But as I said, 
up until now, it's been a very manual process where luckily I'm tethered to the University of Texas at Austin, and we have a, we have a wonderful, intelligent, super army of students very willing to help you and assist. But that's not something that's sustainable. That's not something that you can grow, and that's not something that anybody wants to do, which is tap into more human capital. You want to work smarter and not harder. So to the degree of it, we are looking at every single vendor. It's continuous ping as to how are you doing, what's going on, show me your latest scan results, show me your latest vulnerability. It is active partnership with the community to say there is an alert that went out about a potential security risk. Where are you with mitigation? It is us looking at the environment, looking for open source utilization, the whole nine yards. And so to the degree of it, as I said, it is the number one thing that keeps me up at night, but it is also one of the areas I'm most proud of, which is our partnership with the community. And I think that's the most important part of a platform like Sensinet is that it enables you to have a constructive partnership, an active partnership, and a continuous partnership. And that's the only way that we as a, with a vertical and a community can go forward together. Now, when you do assess the various security risks that your vendors pose to you, does there seem to be some key areas or common themes that you find? Is it, you know, with access management sort of practices or patching that they're not doing? What sorts of things are most troublesome usually for you? It is the devices that tend to have some sort of patient care interaction, whether they physically touch the patient or they're in the actual care area, such as a surgical suite or whatnot. Those vendors tend to be very cautious about updating their devices because literally an update could break something, right? I think everybody's had the personal experience where you try to update your home computer and suddenly something runs afoul and the device is unusable. The last thing you want is an OR device to suffer that exact same circumstance. So those vendors tend to be very cautious. However, those also tend to be your, your biggest vulnerability because they're not updated very often. They're not patched very often. And you try to segment them and literally build a virtual moat around them, but that's not the right thing to do. You need to continuously be sampling, updating, making sure you're staying on the latest, top of the latest issues. Otherwise, you're going to have a, it's inevitable you're going to have a breach of some sort. So to the degree of it, it is a constant partnership. It is a constant communication. It is also a fair and honest partnership, knowing that some of these devices, as I said, are in the realm of patient care and are, are literally taking care of the patient's life and keeping them alive. So you can't just turn them off at will and say, let me update this thing. So you have to work with the vendors to get those updated. So I would say the toughest challenges are patching. They are keeping up with the latest standards that continue to evolve and grow. And then staying in front of the bad actors out there. Make no mistake about it, foreign espionage is top of the list in terms of what's going on with healthcare and theft of data. And so to the degree of it, making sure that you have a defense and depth strategy layered into your organization to stop and keep out the bad guys, it must start first with a partnership with your vendor community, and that's where a platform like Sentinel excels. And finally, Aaron, you mentioned foreign espionage. What are some of the top cyber threats that are concerning you most these days? From a university uh, academic medical center, I would say I would look to the press that recently one of my sister organizations expelled three foreign scientists due to the fact that it was they were trying to steal intellectual property in combination of uh, working with the FBI. The, the university decided to expel those folks and whatnot. And so from the academic medical center perspective, we're finding that there are a number of bad actors, both physically present as well as remote, that are trying to get into our data repositories, take the intellectual property, trying to find what kind of progress we're making for curing cancer, and take that back to their home countries. It is really that in combination with theft of patient data, where a patient record now, I believe, is worth $400 a pop or so and growing every single day in terms of value. You now have 
these academic medical centers and healthcare institutions around the world that literally, if you put a valuation on all the data they have, it's probably more than the amount of physical currency in process right now across the globe. So to the degree of it, all of the eyes of all of the folks hungry for that are on us. And so it takes, again, a community effect to be successful. We can't do this alone. And there's no way you can build moats deep enough and big enough. But with a good partnership and a good community effect, you can do that continuous monitoring and stay in front of the challenge. Thanks, Aaron. I've been speaking to Aaron Meary. I'm Marianne Kolbezak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.